Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Sure, come to prayer. It's been awesome the past few weeks. We trust it's just going to get stronger. And on Friday night, we're going to receive communion and teach on the cross. The Bible says that unto those that perish, the cross is foolishness to them, but to unto us that are saved, it is the power of God. And the, the revelation, the redemptive revelation of what happened in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is so powerful. And it's not just some religious, religious secret or some, you know, no, it's something that will just greatly affect your life. I mean, just understanding who you are, what you have, what you can do in Christ, and how to apply it. And so that's kind of what we've been teaching here on these Wednesday nights lately is, the, is confrontational faith, faith that is applied, faith that is, faith that is used. You know, and here's the thing about using your faith. It doesn't wear out with the use. It gets stronger. Yeah, yeah you, you ought to have your faith out there for many things right now. I mean, your health, your, your prosperity, loved ones being saved, the move of God in your life, the move of God in your church. See, you've got places to hook up all over the place with your faith. You say, well, how do I hook up with my faith? You do it through your words and your deeds, your actions. That's how you do it. Now, here in this day and hour, I believe that as a church and as a people, we need to really concentrate on pressing in and receiving that which God has provided for us in Christ as the children of Israel went in and possessed the promised land, the fullness of promises that belongs unto us that many generations have lived under and never received the fullness of the promise. Amen. I believe in the 90s as men begin to get revelation on prosperity, especially biblical divine prosperity in its correct application, the church began to prosper for the first time ever. The church actually had some money, built television stations. There's actually uh, satellites now that ring the globe that, that actually broadcast the gospel around the world. It's literally being preached around the world right now. Well, people did that because they got a revelation of finances, of prosperity, and of God's willingness to bless you financially if you obey the Word of God. And then it seems, you know what, it really seems with, with, without a real something we could point at and to say, well, in the last 10 or 12 or 15 years, this has really been a move of God. But without pointing at that, I believe it's been an individual move of God in which God is working on people's character, helping people understand the reality of their redemptive rights, and also positioning them in a place where they can be safe and protected when all this craziness comes to its fullness or to its head right before Jesus raptures the church. You say, you think it's going to get crazier? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's going to get a lot crazier. But in the midst of it, we're going to see such a wonderful outpouring of God and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And part of that's going to be the protection of God protecting His people. Amen. He's going to be taking care of His church right here, right, right, right here on the earth in the last of the last days. He's going to prove Himself strong enough, strong enough to start the church and strong enough to finish the church age. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He's the end. He's the first and the last. Yes. Amen. 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 So what he's authored, he's going to finish. Now, in your own life, becoming... Now, this is one of the things also I believe God's done in the last 10 or 12 years is to prepare us to be very confrontational in our own lives. Devil, you can't have my money. You can't have my health. You, you, can't, you can't have my mind. 
Amen. I've been praying a lot over my mind lately and everybody else's mind here at the church saying, devil, you can't come into Island Church and bring depression and oppression and, and just torment people's minds with all kinds of crazy thoughts because of all the things and the tyranny that's going on on the earth. Thank you, Father. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We ain't going crazy. We're the only ones that's got any sanity around here. Amen. It's really true. Say, so you mean you, you talk in tongues and, and then give your money out and you call yourself sane? Well, I, you know, if the world's definition of sane is what they're doing right now, then I'd really never not get on their bus. I'd rather not, I'd rather not get on that train. Amen. Get me off. There's bozos on the bus. <laughs> Amen. I mean, it's getting crazy out there. Therefore, in your life, don't sit around and let the giants and the mountains and the devils and the demons and everything else that tries to keep you from the blessing of God, don't just stand there not receiving it into your life. Do something about it. Confront what has been confronting you. Stand against what's standing against you. What you've been on the defensive, turn it to the offensive and begin to go and take what belongs to you. You say, why? Why should I do that? Because you're not going to get it any other way. If we're at the last of the last days, then the fullness of the revelation of the Word of God is expected by God to be obeyed by those that know it on the earth, which means we're going to have to operate in the protocol of God, which is to live by faith, believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, speak to the giants, speak to the mountains, act on our faith, and receive from God, and do it over and over and over every day in every part of our lives. Jesus said, when I come back, will I find what? Faith upon the earth. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for faith upon the earth. Now, here in, and we've been in 1 Samuel. Let me read here real quick, and then we'll go, we'll go quickly to, uh, to the gospel of Mark. 1 Samuel, chapter 17. I believe that would be verse uh, 45. says, then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear, with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. I will smite thee, take thy head from thee. I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Now, your aggression begins with your words. Let me say that again. Your aggression, you going on the offense, begins with your words. The most powerful two words in these two scriptures were the first two. And David said, or the first three, he got up, he opened his mouth, and he spoke to his problem. Try that again. He got up, amen. He got up with the word of God in his mouth, and he spoke to his problem. Said, so, "Well, it, it was it was it was a man. Somebody could hear it. No, no, no. He was speaking literally the will of God into existence in that situation right there. 
Listen, in every situation of your life in which you find yourself in confrontation, if you do not set the standards for what is, you say, what do you mean for what is? For what is? For what is? The doctor says, you got this and that and this and that, and you're diagnosed with this, and we've got, we've got this treatment. We've got that. That's all well and good, but you still have to maintain the standard of this in your mind. Amen. By his stripes, I am healed. Amen. And you've got to do it over and over the repetition of the word out of your mouth against your problem, against your situation, builds the strength of God in you to walk right through that giant. No matter what it may be, financial, physical. A lot of people, the battle battle is lost or won right there, one one or two inches under their nose. Literally, I guarantee you the majority of the battles lost that should have never been lost were lost because they just quit speaking the word and started speaking doubt and unbelief. Because, see, whatever you speak, you tap into. You want to tap into the spirit of faith, you're going to have to speak faith. And, you know, we go around all day long speaking the Word of God. I do. I, I, all the time I'm speaking Scripture. It's just a part of my vocabulary. I've said this for years and I've taught this for years. You must learn the language of redemption and you must speak it fluently every day. Amen? Amen. Amen. How you doing, brother? I'm blessed. I'm the blessed of God. Amen. Oh, I heard you. You've had a little pain and you're like, well, you know, there's pain here and there. But by his stripes, I'm the healed of God. Oh, I heard you got laid off from you. Well, but see, my God's the one that supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ. Oh, aren't these days crazy? Oh, these are wonderful days. These are awesome days. God is moving. He's moving in me and he's moving around the world both to do and the will of his good pleasure. He said, well, you know, that, that, that's a good positive attitude, pastor, but that's just not real then you go out and create what you want to be real and see how much you like it. Amen. I mean, you start talking doubt, unbelief. I mean, it will will eat you up so fast. Now, let me just say this. This may help some of you understand why things seem to happen so quickly sometimes when it seems like you've done so little or so minor. You say, I just, you know, I just, for a couple of days, I was just kind of down and just saying, and then all of a sudden, all this stuff. Listen, we're at the end of time. Time is compressed. Are you with me? And the layer in the spirit realm, I see it as a layer. I see it as as like a crust, something that you must bust through with your faith. Amen? It's been strengthened and thickened by the devil, demon powers, amen, and this world system that is corrupting and corroding right in front of our eyes. In the midst of that, God is empowering his church to do what? To break through, to break through it. To speak through it. To say, darkness, you're not going to control us. You're not going to intimidate, manipulate, or control us any longer. In the name of Jesus, we're breaking through. The light has come. The life has come. You've got, you say, well, what if nothing happens? If you are considering the what ifs, you're not ready to even speak yet. Because a lot of people, that's their problem. They let the what ifs defeat them before they ever get started. The devil will say, well, what if it doesn't work? What if this doesn't Well, what? who cares? It's not your business anyway. It's your business to just speak the word and stand by it. Amen. God's going to stand by it. He's going to do something by his word. David, he's standing up there because of the covenant of God and just the few years he had had out there worshiping God, he had had enough God on the inside of him to, number one, recognize a fight he could win. 
You say, what do you mean by that? Well, there's fights we win and fights we need help to win. And in the days days to come, I've heard this from several sources that I trust, we're going to have to know how as a church to believe God corporately. Amen. Amen. And in the midst of all of this, David couldn't get any corporate faith, so he, he literally drew on the faith of God that comes from the Word. And when seeing the, 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 the giant, you know what he thought? This is a fight I can win. This is something I can do. I, I killed the giant. I killed the bear. I killed the lion. I can kill the giant. Now, and his memory goes back to what? Killing the lion and the bear. I guarantee you, he didn't kill the lion and the bear through doubt and unbelief. He said, I grabbed him by his beard. Amen? And smote him and he died. Well, I don't know how he smote him, but he killed him. So here is this giant who is willing to match aggression with aggression. We know the story. We read it last week. The giant got up, came toward David. David got up, hastened, and ran toward the giant. Amen? And I like the scripture. So David prevailed with a sling and a stone. But there was no sword in his hand. Therefore he went and stood upon the Goliath, drew out of the sheath thereof his sword, and did what? Finished the job. What's the perfect thing to chop off a giant's head? Does anybody know? A giant sword. What was, that, what was the intention of that sword? The intention of that sword was to chop up the Israelites and turn their army into a big old heap of bloody mess. And God took the weapon formed against them that did not prosper and put it in the hands of a man of God and he took and whipped their entire army, not only their army, but their champion with that sword. Amen? Now, with that in mind, because that's a very dramatic, I would call it a beautiful mural or a tapestry or a portrait of the great victories of God. If you ever preach a series, if anyone here is a preacher, you preach a series on the great victories of God, you got to put this one in there. Because that's one of the great victories. But now go to, go to Mark chapter 11. Now notice this. Thank God when Jesus walked upon the earth, and I know he did it, how can I say this? He did this for us. I know that he was, he was illustrating in front of a lot of those disciples things spiritually that they would come to know later. You understand that? They would come to know those things later but really didn't know it when he was doing it in front of them. Things on how the kingdom of God operated. But now one thing he said gave them a clue because he said, now if you don't get born again, you can't understand the kingdom of God. Now, understanding the kingdom of God is not some mystical thing like you think about the kingdom of Disney or something. No, no, the kingdom of God is like any other kingdom. It's a method in which that kingdom carries out what the identity of that kingdom is. They had warring kingdoms. They have kingdoms that were, that were, I mean, when you got into Rome, the kingdom of Rome literally turned into a, just a big old perverse cesspool before it was destroyed, which was true of many of the Assyrians, the Babylonians. Many of them ended up that way because that's how corruption, that's what corruption does. Amen. But now here, right here in the midst of all of this, here's, here's Jesus. Now this guy is connected He's connected. He's got the full measure of the Holy Ghost upon him. He is the living, existing, walking, talking, breathing word of the living God. Son of man. Amen. I, I was tickled. We get a, 
we'll get Brother Hagen's magazine, uh, Word, Word of Faith, Word of Life, Word of Faith, Word of Faith. And it was, I, I was really, uh, it was neat because they, they were celebrating, uh, what was it, 60 years or 70 years of a camp meeting that they've had that started in 1972. And one of the speakers of that camp meeting was my pastor, Brother J.R. Goodwin. And so I read the excerpt that they took out of his message which said this, we must understand that when Jesus walked upon the earth, he did not walk as a God upon the earth, but as a man upon the earth. But a man in correct relationship with his God, and that's why the mighty miracles and the power of God was in his life. Then he said, he just t- took the, that whole thing and turned it and said, now that's what we need to do as men and women of God. We must walk on the earth as not, you know, some great, in no, but just as living, existing, breathing children of the living God. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus being upon the earth at that time, he's walking around on the earth. He's doing signs, wonders, and miracles. But he's got 12 guys in tow moving with him, the disciples. And he's got some women that are following him. Amen. Bible says they were ministering to him financially and helping him down the road. Now, in the midst of that, he would do things privately, not amongst the crowds, not amongst, the, you know, not amongst all the people. And this is one of those events that took place. Now, notice, they're in Mark 11, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. We all know this. We've, we've studied this so much, but it's still... It's one of those places in the Bible that you go to to open, up, to open up the veil of the spirit realm and to look into the spirit realm and go, oh, so that's why I say that like I do. That's why I say, oh, so that's why, that's why we're speaking. See, that helps you understand that. Now notice, it says here, let's start there in verse 12 of Mark chapter 11. It says, and on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree uh, having leaves, Afar off having leaves, he came happily if he might find anything thereon. And when he came, and when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Now notice this, for the time of the figs uh, was not yet. Now, people say, well, Pastor, what's that? That's got to be some great spiritual significance. It's not. The figs, it wasn't time, it wasn't the season for the figs to be ripe. So, first of all, let me help you with this. It's, this isn't about figs or fig trees, or agriculture. What are we doing? We're opening the veil, and we're looking into the spirit realm. This is not about fig preserves, or why fig trees do or do not bear fruit, or what a fruitless fig tree is. It's not about any of that. What's it about? It's what about Jesus is fixing to do. So he walks up to this fig tree, and Jesus answered and said to it. Now with David, it was him. But now with Jesus, it's it. You say, now wait a second, Pastor. You talk about talking to your checkbook and speaking to your car and speaking to your home when you traveled. You got to learn to speak to it. Amen. When we pray for people, if they've got a diagnosis or if there's something in their body, we do our best to try to minister to it, to speak to it, the Word of God. Are you with me? So Jesus is taking, he's saying, look, an inanimate object, a, a fig tree is there with no leaves. That's not, and he's trying to tell them, boys, it's not about the fig tree. And he curses it. He says, no man, eat the fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. So he did it with a purpose. He did it to illustrate, to open up, to give the children of God on earth in the day in which we live an understanding of how spiritual things operate. How do they operate? Now notice what he does. He said they came to Jerusalem. Oh, let's go down to, go down to verse uh, 20. Go to verse 20. It says in the morning, 
as they passed by, and this him and his disciples, they did some stuff in the temple there and all that went on. So they're leaving, the, leaving in the morning. As they passed by, they saw the fig tree. Now notice this, dried up from the roots. From the roots. I said, from the roots. And Peter, calling it to remember, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curseth is withered away. And Jesus answered unto them, or answered, saying unto them. Now listen, you've got to understand, he's setting them up. This is all a setup. Do you get this? He is setting them up. He's saying, now listen, I'm going to show you, this isn't, a, this isn't a, you look, nothing up my sleeve. This is not that. This is not sleight of hand. This is not the occult. This is not mind over matter. This is how the Word of God operates in a realm you cannot see, hear, smell, touch, or feel. Amen. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to open it up. How are you going to open it up, Jesus? You're going to let us see it? He says, no, I'm going to give you knowledge. For it opens up the spirit realm legally. Now listen to me. Legally, the only way God can open the spirit realm to us is through the Word or the gifts of the Spirit. These people that go around seeing devils everywhere and all that, listen, they're goofy. They just need something else. Amen? A little help. But in reality, God does not want us seeing into the spirit realm physically. Number one, it'd probably freak us all out. Number two, we're called to live by faith. So he gives us glimpses through his word, and those glimpses impart to us knowledge. So the first thing that Jesus says is this, Oh, you noticed what I did. You heard me say what I say to the fig tree, and I purposely left the same way I came. So I was wondering if you were going to see it. Oh, you saw it? Oh, now, now let me help you. Have the God kind of faith. That's what he says. First, that's a, uh, have faith in God is basically what it says. Amplified says have the God kind of faith. One translation, I believe it's the Philip, says operate in faith as if God would. Amen? So he's pulling back that, that spiritual veil. He's imparting knowledge. And he's saying, now this is how this stuff works. This is how it works. Speak to the thing that's in front of you. Speak to the thing that's hindering you from receiving. Speak to the thing that's tormenting your mind. Speak to whatever temptation the enemy is trying to bring against you. Speak to it. You say, what if it doesn't work? I didn't ask you if it was working or not. So how long did I have to do it? I didn't ask you how long you have to do it. That's not relevant to anything. The only thing that is relevant is you're going to have to be, you're going to have to operate in faith the same way God operates in faith. Amen. And they're probably thinking, oh my goodness, years of training, oh my goodness. Maybe the very last few moments of my life I might get, no, no, no. Have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. Now notice, notice how simple this is. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say. So, so here's it, here he goes. Whosoever shall say, 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 under the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in their heart. Doubt in their heart what? Whatsoever they saith, but believeth. Whatsoever they saith shall come to pass. They shall have whatsoever they say. Amen. Now wait a second, Jesus. You mean that knowledge introduces me to the spirit realm and the kingdom of God and helps me understand how this power works, how this authority works. Oh, you mean it, it works by speaking it, by saying it? Yes. 
Notice three times the emphasis is on saying. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in the heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith, 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 saith. So a lot of preachers went around teaching on confession, saying, speaking the word of God in the 90s. I was one of them. And at the end of thousands of meetings of teaching on saying, you know what the Lord said? You're not teaching on speaking the word enough. Now you think about this. If there is a primary, how can I say this, Lord? Yeah, I could say it in tongues, really. If there were a primary law to obey that would assure you entrance and exposure to the things of God, what would it be? It would be what you say. Well, what about what I believe? You won't believe it until you say it. I proved that to a guy. I've told that story probably hundreds of times here in the church about the, the captain in Costa Rica that I talked to on a sailing journey going back to the uh, city that we were at and, and how I talked to him about he was a, a universalist and believed that everything is all orchestrated and put into order and you really have nothing to do with anything. And I said, that's not true. He said, how can, you, how can you say that? I said, I can tell you how you came down here. He said, what do you mean? I said, I can tell you the process of how you came down here. He said, how? I said, one day, and he told me the, the, he had some business in San Francisco, California. I said, one day you were driving on the highways of San Francisco, California. You'd been working your job, but you'd been to Costa Rica, and you thought that'd be a good place to go have a business. You just kept thinking that and thinking that and thinking that, and you thought in your mind, and an idea popped up, and this other idea popped and you begin to think that we can do this and that. And then one day, you said something. I said, either to your wife or a business partner. You said, how'd you know that? I said, I, I didn't. I said, that's the only way it could happen. And I said, when you said something, notice how when you said it and you talked to your wife and you talked to your business partners and you talked to yourself and you talk and you begin to communicate about this, how things begin to come into order. Order. So that then when you acted on it, it would fall in line. He said, you must be a mind reader. I said, I'm not a mind reader. This is how it happens. It is a human law that God has put into the earth. If humanity could not operate in this, then deity could never get its nature into humanity because there's no place to connect. So where does he connect? If thou shalt believe in thy heart and confess with thy mouth that God has raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Colossians 2.20, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Amen. Now, notice. How's my time? Oh, I'm, I'm out of time. Let me close with this. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in their heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So you can conclude from this scripture, whosoever can have whatsoever. See, now that's where people get in the ditch. Oh, those name it and claim it. Oh, no, no. We're talking about when it comes to the provisions of our covenant, especially your identity. Any whosoever can get born again and begin to believe in their heart and confess with their mouth everything God says about them and become what God says about them. You don't want to get what God says you have. You already have it. You want to become what God says about you. 
Therefore, when you become what God says about you, what he's already given you becomes relative in your life. So what does he connect it to? Next verse. We'll close with this one. It says, therefore, I say unto you. Now, see, you've got to have something go off in your... See, Jesus said, now, say, say, say. Believe in your heart. Notice, believe in your heart one time. Say three times. Say, say, say. Believe in your heart. You say, why is that? Because you have to say to your heart so your heart can believe it. If you'll speak the word to your heart, your heart will believe it. I speak, listen, I speak the word to you to introduce you to it. Hi, I'm Rusty Martin. Brian Butler, nice to meet you. We've been introduced, okay? So you come to church on Sunday morning, you come to church on Wednesday night, and I introduce you to Isaiah 14. I introduce you to 2 Corinthians 5. I introduce you to Mark 11, 23. I introduce you. You shake hands. You get introduced. You want to become a friend of that scripture? You want a relationship with that scripture? You want a fellowship with that scripture? You want that scripture to become part of your life? Amen? Amen. So you've got to go past the introduction. As you go past the introduction, you go past the introduction by what? By believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, believing in your... As you do that, God's preparing you to do what? To act on the Word of God because when you act on the Word of God, God releases His glory into your life. Woohoo! And that's what God's wanting to do in this generation. Hallelujah. I've been so aware recently of just this, this, like this reservoir of glory that wants to just break forth and break loose. I was talking to Leah the other day. I said, I believe God wants to bring revival to people that are like 70, 74, 75, all the way to like to 35. And that this group of people in this area, some of them have tasted moves of God and outpourings of the Spirit, but they're just so dormant. They're so, they're so empty. And it's like they've been so disappointed. Many of them have been so offended. And they're like, well, and they're so hungry. And God's going to stir a big group of people like that because in those people is the blessings of God, the anointings of God, the favor of God and the open doors that we need to help build that which God wants to do. And when we say build, we're not talking about a building. We're talking about people getting born again, people getting right with God, people coming and learning who they are, what they have, so they can join in with us and see this thing come to a conclusion. In the midst of that, we have to watch and pray, stand in faith, and understand this, this, this kingdom operates by principles and laws, and they're revealed. It's not a mystery. God is God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. I had a, a guy that I knew, I didn't know him well, but he, he preached like a three-week revival on that and then found out it wasn't even in the Bible. <laughs> He's in heaven now, bless his heart. You say, what happened in the revival? Well, they had signs, wonders, and miracles. God saved hundreds of people. You say, well, because God's good. And if even a suggestion sounds good, God come back it up. Amen. He watches over his word to perform it. And his word is living in you. His word's abiding and dwelling on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. So keep working on yourself. Keep speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That as we afford you opportunities to come gather, come gather and glean one off of another. Glean from the messages, from the worship, from the praise. The opportunity to sow, to give. The opportunity to pray for the nations of the world and be involved in what God's doing. And I guarantee you won't miss what God's doing in this day and hour. You'll be blessed of the Lord. You'll have the joy of the... Sure, we'll face some things. We'll fight in some things. But in the midst of it, we'll experience the victories of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So speak to your mountain. Your mountain needs to hear your voice. You say it needs to move. Speak to it. Speak to your giant. You say, oh, he's big and ugly. That's all right. His head will fit in your tent. 
Ah, right, let me try that again. You didn't get it. I said his head will fit in your tent. Your rock will fit in his head. All you got to do is sling it. Amen? Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we worship you. Thank you tonight for the spirit of wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of you, for the preparation time of God as the word of God and the spirit of God works in our lives. Thank you, Father, for the spirit of faith in this house. Now, Lord, we do. We as a church pray. We know that there will be visitors this week, people that need the Lord, that need Jesus. So, Father, we thank you that our prayer and our intercession tonight, tomorrow night, Friday night before the service, Sunday before the service, thank you, Father, it opens wider the door of utterance. Not just to preach a message that would stir the hearts and draw those that do not know Jesus to the altar, but, Lord, fellowship one with another, spirit of faith and love in the house that will help people feel safe even though they may see and experience things they've never seen or experienced before. Let your glory be seen. Stir the embers into fire. We believe it. We receive it. We speak to every mountain that would try to delay, deny, or distract from that which God desires to do. And Father, we declare your glory in this house. Thank you, Father, for refreshing, reviving, awakening, and harvest in our lives. Lord, as we leave tonight, thank you for our, your protection, your safety. We declare Psalms 91, no evil befalls us. No plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you for the blessing of the tithe. Devour, you are rebuked. I can say that because we tithe this church. You're rebuked. Thank you, the windows of heaven are open. You pour out a great blessing. Lord, we don't live enough days to receive it all. Thank you for businesses being blessed. People at their jobs being blessed. Marriages being blessed. Families being blessed by the life and the power of Almighty God. Thank you that we're a witness, strong in the Lord and the power of His might. That every open door of utterance we have as individuals and as a church, we step through boldly, declaring your word, thanking you for the proclamation and demonstration of all that you've placed in your word in power and demonstration. Thank you, Father, for your great love toward us. We leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. Thank you for our church. We walk in love one toward another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, powered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.